Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We're so thankful that you're taking some time today to listen. We pray that this week's message challenges you to press in deeper with your pursuit of Christ. Our mission at Vision Church is to go and make disciples. You can help us in this mission by rating this podcast and sharing it with the world via social media. We want to reach the lost by raising up the found. Thank you again for tuning in today and enjoy the message. everyone. I'm Rick Parsons, and I'm one of the elders here. And today you're going to get the third installment of the series, Tyson and Christina Have Their Second Child. (laughs) I thought that was funny. But God willing, Tyson will be back next week, so don't worry. You know, I think it must be part of human nature that we somehow find a way to take things that are obvious and straightforward and find a way to make them confusing and complex. (laughs) You know, physical strength, fitness, health is one of these things, you know, because outside, of course, of extenuating circumstances that it, it really only boils down to two things, right? Eat a balanced diet and exercise regularly. But billions of dollars... (laughs) are being spent every year in the hope, in the belief that there's a shortcut, that there's some other way, some other uh, thing we can do that's going to help us get us to that place, and we all know it never works. In the same way, there really are only two things that drive our spiritual strength, our spiritual growth, that will lead us to our spiritual destiny. And that is a commitment to the word of God, being doers as well as hearers in prayer. And yet if we would be honest, the second half of that equation is almost entirely neglected by the majority of those who would call themselves Christians. And yet I assure you this, there is no other formula. There's no shortcut. As Christians, it is impossible to walk in spiritual strength, let alone fulfill the destiny that God has for our lives without a life of prayer. And with all my heart today, I promise you, I'm not here to try to lay on you another religious burden or make you feel guilt or shame because maybe your prayer life isn't as stellar as it ought to be. But what I am simply going to tell you today is that I believe that God has a word for us. That he has a promise and he has a desire that we would come to know and experience the glory, the power, the outright revolution in that effectual, fervent prayer can bring to our lives and to this world. So I want to address today the why, when, and how we pray in a way that I hope is simple, practical in its application, and most importantly, powerful in the impact that it has on our lives. The first thing I want to establish here is that the effectual, life-changing prayer starts in the closet with the door shut. 
Matthew 6, 6, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, we all know we can pray to God anywhere, anytime, and we certainly want to encourage you to walk in a continual awareness of God's presence, encouraging you to keep an open line of communication with God at all times. But it would be a huge and detrimental mistake to equate casual communication with the effectual fervent prayer. See, we see Jesus in constant communication with the Father throughout his days, aware of his presence, listening for his voice, but it is also very clear that we see that where he gained his spiritual strength, where he established intimacy with the Father, where he received the primary direction for his life was in secret. It was during the times he would slip away many times for the entire night. We read in Luke 5.16, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. You know, if it was necessary for Jesus to get away from every distraction, to find a place where he could be laser focused on the Father and to hear his voice, if he couldn't contain spiritual strength and intimacy the Father without it, it would be foolish for us to believe that we can maintain intimacy with the Father, that we can walk in strength, that we can walk in our destiny without a life of prayer. We have to learn that we, there's a place that we need to go where we shut everything else out and are shut in with God. James 6.6 6 goes on and it says something profoundly important. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know, we should always take note when the Word of God tells us that God is in a special place, a particular place. You know, we know that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But what the Scripture is telling us is that there are certain environments, there are attitudes of our heart that he is particularly drawn to, where he chooses to reveal himself, where he'll reveal his heart, his mind, his purpose clearly and directly to us, where his presence can be experienced in a way that will truly alter our life. And God gives us this promise that the secret place with the door shut is one of those places. In this chapter, Jesus also contrasts those who have a great desire to be seen by people as spiritual so they pray out in the open, but are really hypocrites with those who aren't concerned at all who is seeing them but by whether they're known by the Father. See, the reward of drawing attention, praying out loud and looking spiritually is just that, people see you. 
But the reward of the ones who pray to the Father in secret, their reward will be an open manifestation of his presence and glory in and through their lives. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is showing us that many have the how and why we pray 180 degrees backwards. See, many pray simply as a means to try to extract something from God or to coax him into bringing him some kind of benefit, some kind of extra blessing. But what Jesus is going to show us is the purpose of prayer is relationship with the Father. To become intimately familiar with his heart and will. To grow confident in his power and promises. And become assured of his love and the attention that he pays to each of our individual lives. And the reward of such a prayer, or should I say such a life, is that it will be his undeniable, unmistakable presence and hand in our life. See, there's not a true Christian, I believe, that doesn't want to see God openly manifest his power and presence in their lives. But Jesus could not have been more clear. If God is going to be seen in our lives, in and through them, he must first be found by us in secret. There is no other way. See, when it comes to prayer, unfortunately, it's the case that we as Christians often wait until we are in the midst of a struggle or trial, a situation we were in desperate need for God to show up before we decide that, you know what, maybe prayer is a good idea. We pray out of need, not out of relationship. We want to draw from a well that was never drilled. Not surprisingly, when we do pray, we say God feels distant. We don't sense that our prayers are being answered. We wonder why we're not experiencing the comfort, the strength that we are praying for. Why we're not getting the direction we so desperately need. Therefore, we falsely deduce that prayer is just a religious exercise. It just doesn't work. But there's a simple explanation as to why this is the experience of so many. And that is we are expecting God to reward us openly without ever having been with him in secret. See, we need to understand that faith for the journey, comfort in the storm, strength for the battle, God's voice of direction, these are not things we pick up in the, on the fly as we need them. These are the things we discover and become familiar with in the secret place. These are wells we have learned to draw from long before the drought. These are anchors that we have established long before the storms ever come. 
See, it's really as simple as this. To the degree which we have come to know God in secret will be the degree we experience his, his comfort, strength, direction, and triumph in this life. See, the most eloquent prayers can never take the place of the knowledge and the experience we gain from knowing God in the secret place. So what is prayer supposed to look like? What is it that I'm supposed to say when I go in my room and I shut the door? Jesus gives us what we're to say in what we call uh, the Lord's Prayer in verses 9 through 13. But before we talk about what we say, we first need to understand one fundamental truth about prayer. When we pray, having a listening ear is far more important than offering eloquent speech. Life-changing, world-changing prayer is more about what we hear than what we say. Ecclesiastes actually is a little brutal. It says in 5 verse 1, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. Jesus says, and you, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Your father knows what you need before you ask. You know, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you could come to the conclusion, well, God really doesn't want me to pray that hard or that long. I mean, literally, I can rattle that off in 20 seconds. I thought that was funny. But if we're really willing to listen, to let God speak into the areas of our lives that this prayer addresses, we see that this prayer could last a lifetime. Why is it that listening is so important? Because true faith only comes through what we hear. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't want to get too far into the weeds on a Greek lesson this morning, but this is important. Uh, the Bible really uses two different Greek words when it says the word word. The first is logos and the other is rhema. Logos would be the written word, the unchangeable, inalienable written word of God. Rhema would be God's word spoken directly to you in the moment. The word that is talked about here in Romans is the rhema word. The word that you hear directly from God brings faith. Well, what's the difference? See, you can read the Bible and hear that it says God loves you. And that would be unequivocally be true. 
But what inspires faith is when we hear the, the Father speak directly deep into our, our spirits about how he loves us, how he loves you individually. That is where unshakable faith and a confidence that he will never leave us or forsake us is born. See, in fact, our confidence in regard to anything that we believe about God or what he will do is never founded about how right the words in our prayer were or how many words we used. It is only based on this. Did we hear God speak? Do we have his promise? Do we have his word? Because when we truly hear a word from God, it gives birth to mountain-moving faith. I want to take a few moments here and give a couple examples of what it can look like to be in the secret place and to see God reveal himself openly. Our second born son, Luke, when he was only an infant, developed a very severe stomach issue. And of course, we took him to the doctor. And unfortunately, as sometimes happens, no offense to the doctors, they didn't take it as seriously as they should. And they told us, well, it's probably just a severe case of acid reflux. He'll grow out of it. But as week and month of excruciating pain continue, they gave an endoscopy and they discovered, yes, indeed, there actually was a very serious ailment, which was causing not only excruciating pain for Luke, but extreme grief for his mother and I. It was only a couple days before the surgery when I was in the secret place, which happened to be a comfortable chair in the living room. I wasn't asking God anything in particular. I wasn't trying to come up with the perfect scripture to try to claim healing for my son. I was simply there trying to hear the heart of God on the situation. I was actually really resigned to whatever it was that God's will was in that situation, whatever would come. When all of a sudden I began to feel inside of me what I would call a holy compassion for my son, where I felt on the inside deeply just this sense. I really, since I really do not want my son to have to experience the suffering of this surgery. And as sure as I'm standing here, I heard what I believe was the word of God that said to me, neither do I. Your son is healed. And I knew, not because I had worked it up, I knew he was healed. And you have to understand that there was absolutely no sign that he was getting better. Matter of fact, it was like the woman with the issue of blood. It was only getting worse. It wasn't some kind of sporadic illness that came and went. It was something that was daily and constant. 
But as God is my witness, in that instant, he was healed totally and permanently. And listen, sometimes people get freaked out about saying they heard God speak. To be honestly honest with you, we should actually get freaked out if people have been in the secret place with the Father in prayer and have not heard him speak. See, I understand there's a lot of wackos out there that claim that they heard a lot of things, but really when it comes to the word of God and his voice and whether he spoke, it's really pretty simple. Does it line up with the word of God and did it happen? See, that's the beauty of the secret place. We don't go there hoping to work up some kind of great faith to somehow get God to do what we want him to do. We go to the secret place with a listening ear so he can tell us what he's going to do. And when he speaks, our faith met with his word begins to rise. See, our faith is born of promise. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, why am I telling you this story? It's because I believe that it is God's will to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think in and through your life. But unfortunately, much of what God could and would do in people's lives goes unfulfilled because the word that he has for us goes unheard. And of course, listen, I'm not saying that if we spend enough time in the holy place that we're going to receive every healing we need or we're going to see every miracle we're looking for. That would be silly. But what I am saying is this. God only knows how much more we could openly see his promise and his power manifested in our lives if we would only pray, if we would only listen. I want to continue on and talk a minute about God's leading in our lives and the absolute necessity of it in the fulfillment of our destiny. See, I believe it is impossible to act in confidence and assurance, let alone take the bold steps that it will take to fulfill our destiny absent a rhema word of God. Most of our lives, Susan and I have been called as far as ministry into some of the hardest places of the cities that we've lived in. And at this particular time, we were in Peoria, Illinois, and we were ministering in a place called, a project there called Taft Homes. It was there we met two boys, brothers named Alan and Lavelle. And we had been loving on these two boys, trying to share the love of Jesus in every way we could, both inside and outside the church, since they were about nine years old. And at this time, they were 12 and 13. They were two of seven kids. Alan was the oldest of the kids, and his mom had given birth to him when she was only 16. 
They had been in and out of foster care, never experienced a stable life. Their mother's story itself was one of abandonment and heartache, which no doubt contributed to some of the decisions she made. And the one at this present time was she had brought into her life a man who I can only describe to you as the scariest man I have ever met. And I've seen a lot of scary people and a lot of people who thought they were scary, but this dude was scary, which was evidenced by shortly after this story, he was doing a sentence in prison for attempted murder. But that's another story. But this relationship resulted in her younger children being taken taken from her and put in foster care and Alan and Lavelle literally ending up on the streets. Our hearts were broken for these boys and as Susan and I were in the secret place seeking the face of God, it was clear to us that God's heart was infinitely more broken than ours was. But in order to fully understand what was going on here, you have to see where Susan and I were in our lives personally at this moment. We had about three years early or had adopted three kids to go along with our two biological sons, which was much bigger of a deal than we ever thought it would be. In our lives, in every way, work, ministry, family, we had more on our place than we thought we could handle. And to intensify the matter, it was only a couple months earlier, Michael, now nine, had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And Susan was literally flying around the nation, searching every hospital for a medical miracle. As much as we loved Alan and Lavelle, and had shared with them how precious they were in the eyes of God, there was no way that we could be an answer to the problem. God had to provide an answer beyond us. Well, it just so happened that Susan and I were in a youth service together. She was on one side of the room and I on the other. You'll never forget these moments. When the pastor started to talk about the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 about going the second mile. And during the message, he stops and as if God himself were standing there speaking right into Susan and I's hearts. He says, there are some of you out there who have been telling God you have gone the first mile. You have done what was required of you. But today, God is asking you, are you willing to go the second mile? Will you be, go beyond? And Susan and I looked across the room at each other, and we knew that we knew that we knew that God's word to us, Alan and Lavelle, were the second mile. And listen, all of a sudden, this is the beauty of the word of God, the rhema word of God by which he leads us. All of a sudden, it didn't matter what our circumstances looked like because we knew that whatever he was calling us to do, he would give us the faith and the strength to be able to do it. 
And I don't want to just focus on the way God leads us through his word, but also the importance that the secret place plays in the process. See, I am sure that Susan and I had we not been in our room with the door shut, hearing the heart of God, learning his voice, we would have never known it, let alone responded to it in that critical moment. Alan and Lavelle's lives would have been different and we would have missed out on a great part of the destiny he had for our lives. Please hear this. I know that it is God's desire for each one of us today to live an extraordinary adventure, a fruitful, amazing life. But the only way we will know his voice and receive direction when we need it most in those life-defining moments is if we have grown to know his heart and learned his voice in the secret place. So with all this as a backdrop, I want to begin to look at the Lord's Prayer. Of course, we're not going to look at the whole Lord's Prayer. We're going to get through the first verse. <laughs> but I want us to see how this prayer is really much more of a conversation than it is a monologue. Matthew 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray... Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. See, many, when they think about the Father, their mind goes to the relationship they had with their biological father. Now, regardless of how our biological fathers may have performed or not performed, it is always completely faulty to project their image on God. See, first of all, God is not a father. God is the father. And he is our father. See, this really makes sense to us when we begin to understand what the definition of the word for father here is, which is this. One who imparts life and is committed to the care of it. One who imparts life and is committed to the care of it. So in a real sense, we see that God is the only one who actually is qualified and equipped to be father. That is why Jesus says so forthrightly in Matthew chapter 23, 9, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And listen, I mean, this is so beautiful. Our father, he, it means he is not only proud and jealously takes claim of us. He willingly commits himself to our care and assures us of his responsibility that he is taking over our lives. Listen, I want to ask you today, how would the father speak this truth over you today? He might start by saying, don't worry about how others may try and define you. I'm your father, your creator. I am the only one who has the right to and the authority to tell you who you are. You are who I say you are. Yeah. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a future and a hope. You are forgiven, adopted, complete. See, somebody needs to hear the Father speak over them today. You are complete. You are not missing. You are not lacking a thing. See, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Don't ever believe the lie that you are less than when your father is telling you you are more than. Romans tells us you are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. And I may sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep on saying it until we surely get it. When you hear God speak to you in the secret place, it is so much more than hype. It's not a pep talk. It's not wishful thinking. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we hear him speak his word over us, faith that moves mountain rises up on the inside of us. And we know that we know that we know that as his child and through Christ, I am and can accomplish everything that he has for me. See, today the Father wants to say to you, don't worry about what other people and circumstances may try to control you. I am your Father. You need to know that I am the one who has the final say over your life. Don't think for a second that I am not aware of every detail of your life. In fact, I have the very hairs of your head numbered. Do you get it today? Our Father, which art in heaven, He longs to speak over you His truth. And listen, what's so amazing is God just doesn't want to communicate to us broadly. He just doesn't want to give us bland sentence. He wants to add color. He is more than willing to show you where and how He is involved in your life. Listen, people who say prayer is a religious exercise, it's boring, have never heard our Father who art in heaven speak power, speak comfort, speak encouragement, speak love, speak wonder over their life. And here is the point about in heaven. It isn't talking about God is in the sky somewhere. Heaven is about being elevated over the earth, about being above it all. Ephesians 4, 6, one Father in God of all, who is above all, who is above all, through all and in you all. There is not a person or situation in your life whose power and influence holds sway over his. So I ask you today, what is the area of your life where you need to hear our Father tell you with a rhema word, I've got this. Oh, it's just so beautiful. God doesn't just want to assure you of how his hand and his control is over those things that are bothering you, those things that are troubling you, those things that are attacking you. 
wants to tell you the hundreds of things that he is doing for you every single day, the areas that he's involved in your life, every intimate detail that we are not even aware of. Oh, do you see it? The secret place, the place of prayer, it's not dry and boring, it is life-giving because where the word of life is, Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, click that subscribe button, share this podcast on social, or even take a screenshot from your story and tag us. We'd love to hear how the Lord is using this podcast to bless your life. You can send an email to info at visionchurch.com, or you can DM us on social with a story of how God is moving in your world. Also, we'd like to thank those who invest in our ministry financially because of your sacrifice that we are able to publish this every week. If you'd like to join in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in the description or visit visionchurch.com and click the Give tab. Thanks again for listening. God bless.